it's not just real estate, but it's business. And that is you have to learn to build relationships. It is the most important thing you can do in business too. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize this name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and a whole bunch of others. With us today, we're going to be talking to Guy Jimenez. How you doing, Guy? I'm doing well, and thanks for having me, Joe. I appreciate it. My pleasure, my friend. Nice to have you. Guy is the founder of Globe Assets which is a real estate company where he is currently focused on wholesaling to other investors. He got his Texas real estate license in 1999. He's been a broker since 2007, and he's been an investor since 2000. He's completed more than 50 flips, and he's a former Dallas police helicopter pilot. He did that for 17 years. Thank you for your service as a police officer. He is based in Austin, Texas now. With that being said, Guy, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. As you said, I was in law enforcement for a number of years, 17 years. Real estate is my second career. But like so many, I got burned out in law enforcement in the late 90s, and I was just trying to find a way to make more money, essentially, and have more control of my time, and got my real estate license in the late 90s, and did a little bit of traditional uh, representing of buyers and sellers and so forth. But I realized in, in the late 90s that I could not do law enforcement anymore. I was broke, $30,000 in debt, had only a few thousand dollars in the bank, and I had a six-year-old son that we had adopted as a newborn, and I had to find another way out. And so uh, that's what I did. I jumped into real estate. And I did something that I don't recommend necessarily others do, but I quit my job. <laughs> Cold turkey, nothing else to, to back me up. I had no financial strength whatsoever, but I had a strong desire. And with God's grace and uh, a lot of hard work and many, many hours, within 18 months, I paid off my $30,000 in debt. And I was able to actually, for the first time in my life, pay cash for a new car. So it's come full circle for me, and it's been the best decision I've ever made in my life, I can promise you. How did you become 30K in debt while you're a police officer? Poor money management. Not understanding how to make your money work for you. I'm out working for my money. I'm trading my time for dollars. 
And quite frankly, I simply did not understand how to control my money. And when you have the checks coming in every couple of weeks, you've got excellent credit, believe it or not. You can just do whatever you want. We take trips and so forth. It was just really poor money management, and eventually it'll catch up to you, and it did me. And I realized, wow, I, you know, 30000 in debt, and I've been doing this 15 years. How does that happen? <laughs> you know, that's bad. <laughs> Very bad. Well, what do you focus on right now? How do you make the majority of your money? Right now, most of what we're doing is wholesaling, and then I call it retailing. Some call it retailing. We'll simply buy our properties at a, a deep discount uh, from distressed sellers, and then we'll turn around and either wholesale it out to other investors, or we will actually just turn around and as soon as we close on it, put it on the retail market or put it on the MLS. Is that for properties primarily in Austin where you're based? No, we actually purchase around the state. In fact, right now, I think I've only got one in the Austin area. And last eight weeks, I guess I bought seven homes. And they're all around Texas. It's San Antonio, Corpus, Wharton, Texas, Lago Vista, Texas. They're scattered around Texas. We where where are you getting the lead? Texas is a... We get all our leads, majority of them online. We do very little direct mail. Most everything is online through uh, Google AdWords, SEO, things such as that. And then, of course, the relationships with folks bringing me deals, uh, folks that I've worked with in the past, people from my investor meetup group here in Austin that I have a little over 500 members. Those relationships often bring us deals as well. Mm. Well, I don't want to gloss over what you just said, the investor relations group with over 500 members. I'm going to come back to that, but I want to also talk about the Google AdWords and the SEO that you mentioned that are generating leads because a lot of wholesalers and investors do direct mail. So it's going to be interesting to talk to you about this. Where did you find your team members who do the Google AdWords and SEO for you? Oddly enough, I found them in my meetup group. As we talked about, and we'll probably talk some more about, is the importance of relationships, no matter what business it is, relationships. And so once I realized the importance of relationships in business, I formed that meetup group and started building it from scratch. And I've gotten a lot of deals out of that, made a lot of great relationships. And one of them is this gentleman. He works for a major company here in town, but like so many the millennials, they just have a knack for this stuff. And it is certainly not in my wheelhouse. And I know where my weaknesses are. And so that's why I work with those who can fulfill the weaknesses that I've got. They can handle the problems I have in those areas. And one of them is certainly in the marketing, because it's just, it's not an area I like. It's so important, because obviously, it's the engine uh, that drives the business. But yet, it's something I'm weak at. And my age, I don't want to take the time to learn it, so I'm going to leverage someone else's time and talents to bring that to the table, and then we share in the profits. And you already gained the answer to my next question, which is how do you compensate them for their time? Is it just a profit share across the board, or is it you give them a little bit of money every month and then some profit sharing? How's it work? No, we do strictly on the profit sharing because it's kind of like uh, most folks in real estate. You get paid when you produce. So that's how we do it with him is my wife and I made an agreement with him, and this is, this is a handshake deal. We share in the marketing expenses, but he does all that back-end marketing, like, say, the SEO, the Google AdWords, all the pay-per-click stuff. And so he handles all that. He brings in the leads 
to our website, and then I take everything from there, although I have a couple other folks that I work with that I don't go on appointments. I build a relationship. I get all the information, and I send a guy out to go take photographs, evaluate the house, and so forth, and then I handle everything on the contractual side from the contract to the administration of that contract thereafter. But as far as the marketing end of it, we just do a straight profit share with them. Hmm. And you just do 50-50, divide responsibilities? That's correct. On anything they bring to me, coming through those lead sources that he's, he's producing, it's a 50-50 split, and we share in expenses. If it's a third party, one of my other relationships that bring me a deal, sometimes it's 50-50, depending on what they bring to the table and I bring to the table, and sometimes it's 75-25. All right. And those leads that you're referring to that you split with the SEO person, is that your website leads, globeassets.com? So any leads that come through that is split 50-50? No, what we do is we formed a different website for the seller end of it because I like to have a different website for the properties we're selling or I'm selling versus the ones where we're trying to get sellers to sell. So that is wanttosellnow.com. And that's where all our leads come into. And as soon as they come in there, I automatically get those leads. They actually just go straight to my email, and they go directly into our CRM as well, and it'll automatically populate because the contact form, they have to put in basic information, an address, a zip code, a name, an email, and a phone number. That's all we require, and once it goes to our CRM, it all populates some information. I can then do some preliminary research on it. If it looks like a motivated seller, I'll get my field guy to go out, make the appointment, get the photographs I need, evaluate the overall property with some video and so forth, uh, check for foundation, all the major systems, roof, plumbing, electrical, foundation, so forth, and then report right back to me so we can get that thing under contract if it's a deal. Now let's talk about this meetup group that you started from scratch and it has over 500 members. When did you start it and how many members attend regularly? Okay, we started, and I don't know the exact date, it's about maybe two and a quarter years ago. Started in a little room at our church. I didn't have any place I didn't have any place to hold it. I didn't know if anybody'd show up. But the meetup.com uh, website and, and being able to advertise and then of course attending other meetup groups in town and explaining to them that there's a meetup on the south side of Boston, which I'm one of the, the few. I think my very first meeting, Joe, I might have had maybe eight folks show up, maybe nine. Mm-hmm. I didn't pretend to be some guru or anything else. I, I'm just someone looking to build relationships that would be beneficial to both parties. At that time, I, I have cash reserves. I have experience. I have knowledge and skills. And a lot of new investors attend these things, and they lack all those. And so I thought, well, what a perfect way to increase the value to each of us and for to help others earn some money while they're learning. And now we've got a little over 500 members will have depends a, a lot on if it's raining or not because the traffic is horrendous here we could be as low as, as 20 or 25 we could have we have as many depending on our speakers and i do use some outside speakers as well as many as 75 or 80 at 10. how do you structure the meetup essentially what we do is i'll advertise it you know, for two couple weeks in it and i'll even i'll put it on my facebook site and we'll boost the posts and so forth uh, to make sure it gets out there and then the meeting itself is really pretty simple 
You simply advertise about our guest speaker. We'll come in there. It's at a restaurant. We have a banquet room. Come in. People can enjoy. They can even enjoy alcohol if they want. We don't care. Everybody pays for their own meals. But we do want them to be able to have some dinner because we hold it at 7 o'clock at night. So it's from 7 to 9. We'll start out, and I'll do some, some what I call the housekeeping stuff, telling them make sure they pay for their meals and that they buy food because this is what helps us keep our costs down because there obviously is a cost for the rental of that banquet room. And uh, How much does it cost to rent? Uh, depend on what the sales are for the people that buy, but it's $250 for that two-hour period. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty simple. Then we'll have our guest speaker. There'll be a lot of Q&A typically. And then after that, we'll do deal promotion. If somebody have deals they're looking to, to get rid of, somebody who has needs, what are you all looking for? Somebody's looking for a flip in a certain zip code or whatever, we'll do that. We will, I always like to provide an opportunity for folks who, especially newer folks, to give a success story, if you will, to get up and say, you know, wow, this is my first deal. I did a flip and I made 32000 I also want them to tell us the failures, you know to help those in the group learn from their mistakes and from their successes. So if somebody said, wow, I didn't keep track of my expenses, I ended up losing 12000 well, we want to hear that, right? It's a learning lesson. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a good foundation there for meeting new people and meeting new potential business contacts. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? By far. It's not just real estate, but it's business. And that is, you have to learn to build relationships. It is the most important thing you can do in business, period. People say, well, I've got to have money first. Well, guess what? If you have relationships, you can find the money. Well, I've got to understand contracts. You know, I've got to have a lot of knowledge on contracts. Well, guess what? If you have the right relationships, you can partner with someone who has knowledge on contracts. Well, gosh, just like me, I don't like marketing. It's important, but I hate it. I'd rather take a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. Well, guess what? With the right relationships, you can find the right marketing partner. So no matter what you need, it can all be solved through relationships. When I first started, Joe, I was going to do it all on my own. Remember, I was a police officer. I didn't trust people. I lacked trust. All I wanted to do was build a good business, provide for my wife and son, and live on the beach somewhere. And what I quickly realized is when you do it all yourself, you're not going to grow quickly. You're going to go into that stage where you are the CEO, you're also the janitor. You're doing it all, and it's going to absolutely stunt your growth and the capacity to grow. And once I realized the importance of relationships, what I call relational capital, which is every bit as important as financial capital, as soon as I realized the importance of relational capital, Joe, I became a networking or relationship-building fool. I attended everything I could attend five, six, seven days a week, any events where I could go and meet people and learn from them and get business cards and talk to them and so forth, I went to it because I recognized that it was going to help my business grow exponentially. Mm. And so that is a long story for a very short thing here, but the bottom line is, is it's all about relationships. Besides attending meetups, what do you do specifically to build a relationship with people? Well, as I said, my meetup has been wonderful for me, but we do that anywhere you go. You go to the grocery store. Listen, people right now are 
so much of the population is frustrated. They hate their jobs. They hate their lives and so forth. It's amazing what you can do by touching just one life a day. And I don't mean you're going to change your life forever, but you might change your minute, their hour, or their day. And by doing that, you can absolutely bring them into your fold, if you will. For instance, when I go to the grocery store, Joe, I make it a point to touch base with somebody. That I don't care if they're in the meet aisle or if it's the checkout girl. I will tell them, you know, I appreciate you smiling today because I needed that. I needed that, and I want to thank you for doing that. Now, how many people do that, Joe? They don't hear that. And you watch them light up, and then the first thing they do is go, oh, well, thank you very much. Hey, while I'm checking out, what do you do? And you simply go into the conversation. You say, well, I've been buying and selling real estate for about, you know, almost 20 years. And just my wife and I just love it. We do this together. It gives us an opportunity to build a business together, to have our time together and so forth. And all of a sudden, they take a real interest in what you're doing. And they go, oh, I would love to do that. Well, what's stopping you? The only thing that's stopping you is what's in between your ears because the opportunity is always there. And so no matter where you go, whether it be a library, a grocery store, whatever it is, Joe, there's an opportunity to touch someone's life, and they may just touch yours. Have you seen a business result happen as a result of you having that approach at a grocery store? Yes. We had a couple of instances, actually, where this has occurred, and, and the last one was down in San Antonio, where I made the contact and a lot of times they won't share with you everything right there in the open. But what happened is I got a call after I'd gotten home. It was probably a couple hours later. And she said, listen, I didn't want to say anything, but I'm so-and-so. We talked at the store. But I'm really worried. My mom is worried sick. She's going to lose the house. It's already got a foreclosure date set and so forth. And I didn't know if there's any way to stop this. We're just, we don't know where to go. Well, all the timing was right. I met her at the right time. She knows what's going on with her mom. Her mom is relaying things to her, and she contacted us, and we were eventually able to stop the foreclosure, get the house under contract, get it resold. We purchased it and resold on that one. Actually, we made up the back payments. I think it was maybe four, four or five grand on back payments or something, and eventually got the property sold, and we made a nice profit on it. But just as importantly, Joe, we solved a problem. We took that 800-pound gorilla off their back, and that girl will never forget it. Her mom will never forget it, right? For us, it made us profit. We go, well, gosh, we won. But she won, too, because she removed that burden, and we helped her circumnavigate, if you will, this process. And so I feel certain that girl will never, ever forget, because I gave her my card, that what we did for her, and all we did is what we do for everybody. We simply solved problems. And we will make a profit in doing so. And that was from you saying, I appreciate you smiling because I needed that to her at the grocery store? I think it was a Randall's, I believe. And sometimes I try to make people laugh. That is the universal language. I know it sounds corny, but it is. I'll say, you know what? That's a very pretty dress you have. I've got one just like it, but I didn't shave my legs today. You know, <laughs> something like that, just to set you apart, to start the conversation and maybe bring a minute of joy to their life. Tell them you've got a beautiful smile or say, I really love your purple hair. And, you know, I wish how, I had some. It's all on my back now. You know, <laughs> something like that. What percentage of people talk to you and engage a conversation versus give you a weird look and move on about their day? What percentage of people actually talk to you? Honestly, I would say it's upwards of 90%. And here's why. Because 
everybody's in their own little world, and they're just going through the motion. Here's my food items. Check me out. Let me go on, get in my car, so I go home, watch TV, go to bed, get up, go to work. And so everybody wants to look. Nobody wants to be told their baby's ugly, even if they've got three eyes, right? Nobody wants to be told that. But everybody wants to believe that they're special. And in many aspects, they are. But nobody tells anybody they are. Nobody will tell you. Gosh, you've got a beautiful smile. I've done it in restaurants with my wife sitting there so many times. I said, listen, this isn't my girlfriend. This is my wife. And I've got to tell you, you've got some of the prettiest eyes I've ever seen. And do you only do this to females or do you have a conversation started with males? No, I do it with everyone. Do you tell guys they have beautiful eyes or, or do you take a different approach? Beautiful eyes. But I'll say, hey, man, are you legal to have those guns on you? I say, what do you mean? So look, look at those arms. They're big around as my thighs. I mean, what are you, you bodybuilding or what, man? Look, everybody wants to have a little bit of, of uh, appreciation for them. You know, so you say, hey, you know, it might, it might be tattoos. I said, boy, I wish I could get a tattoos, but I pass out at the side of blood, you know, whatever. But everybody wants to be told something nice about them and they, they don't get it much these days. So how hard is it to offer a compliment? Great stuff. Glad we went this direction. This is practical information. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. What's the best ever book you've read? Best ever book would be How to Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I'm going to say one thing real quick, because here's the quote. It's just so applicable. Every man is what he is because of the dominating thoughts which he permits to occupy his mind you are what you think about okay very important best ever personal growth experience what'd you learn from it well i get right back to the same thing that my business initially was had a level of success but you cannot build a business without relationships you'll never have a level of success without incorporating important relationships in there. And I did that a little later than I should have, and it probably cost me tens of thousands of dollars over those period of a couple of years when I could have been so much more successful. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal? Well, it's kind of like the first girlfriend. You always remember that one. And it's probably so most memorable, Joe, because it was the first deal I ever paid cash for, and it was all my own cash. So I had a guy contact me, again, through my relationships. Another guy said, hey, this guy needs to talk to someone. I met him. He was another investor, had 25 homes, house rich, cash poor. Most of them were highly leveraged. I said, you know, this information from him. I looked it up. I go, man, this could be a deal. So let me go talk. Let him in his wife's restaurant. Sits down. And I said, okay, here's what I do. Tell me what's going on. He told me. I said, listen, here's what I can do. I can offer you 105000 cash. Now, Joe, that was everything I had in the bank. I mean, everything, okay? I was sitting there in my starched white shirt in my only suit that I owned. This was early on, remember? The only suit I owned, I'm certain that was the one that I bought at Goodwill, right? A used suit. Cleaned it up, got me a good white shirt, got it starched up. I was sitting there. I looked like a pro. Brother, I was sweating like a fat man in a sauna. I'm telling you, because it was everything I had in the way of cash, I offered it to him, and he accepted without thinking about it. So my pits are just sweating. I'm thinking, oh, my God, what have I just done? I just, I don't have money to pay for meals for the rest of the week. He accepted, and I thought, well, if my numbers are wrong, how am I going to pay for my son's preschool expenses, all this stuff, if I made a mistake? Ultimately, we bought it since it was a cash deal, closed real quick. 
I turned around and we sold that in less than, uh, I think it was 31 days. I bought it for 105. We put maybe five in it and sold it for 176 in 30 or 31 days and made a really good return. And even after doing deals before this, Joe, I just go, this is my future right here because it can work. It can really work. You have to take the risk, though. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Well, of course, we have our favorite charities, which are, uh, you know, Make-A-Wish and, and St. Jude's and so forth. But the way that I give back is just like this morning. I had a brand-new investor, really nice kid. He's a graduate student at UT. He needed about 30 or 45 minutes of my time. Well, you know, time is, is my most precious commodity at my age because I don't have that many minutes left. But I do have an obligation each day, as I've been talking about, of touching someone's life. So he reached out to me late last night by text, and I gave him about an hour of my time today and just really told him the ins and outs of the business, the goods and the bads. And he was really inspired. He understands there's a lot of risk to it, and it just takes a lot of education, but I really enforce the relationship issue. So that's one of the ways I give back is I give back to those who were kind enough and are still kind enough to give to me. I've got people substantially more successful than me in this community, and they will come talk at my meetup. They will inspire our group and make them want to come back for more. And so I feel like I have an obligation to do the same, and that's what I do. I try to give once or twice a week, help a new investor with information, some insight, maybe some logistical information or whatever, and that's what I give back. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? No question about it. Thinking I'm going to do it on my own. No question about it, Joe. I, I, I wasted so much time and so much money when all I had to do was reach out because there are many other people like you, Joe, who are willing to help. People what? just won't reach out them. They're afraid to. And speaking of that, what's the best ever way the best ever listeners can reach you? I've got a couple different websites. Uh, I can, they can reach me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash partnering to prosperity. They can also reach me at theglobeassets.com. All right, Guy, this has been a wonderful conversation because you taught me how to create business results and new friendships at the grocery store, something very practical where you offer compliments at the grocery store and that has led to business and helping solve problems for people or people's families who have some challenges with foreclosures and also your approach to bringing on the right team members. You found your team members through the meetup that you started. That's a big old flashing sign, start a meetup, start a meetup, start a meetup, and then be consistent with it. But also attending meetups are good as well. So thanks so much for being on the show, Guy. I hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. It was an honor. Thank you very much, Joe. Ever wanted to invest in real estate without the headache of tenants, property managers, and leaky toilets? Real Estate Equity Investment Group is an East Coast premier private investment fund where you can put your liquidity in experienced hands. Head over to realestateequity.com. That's realestate-equity.com.